Welcome to Lady Bird Sings the Blues, sings the uh, Azul, Canta something Azul, right? How, how do you say, like, how do you, how would we say that in Spanish, actually? Is the blurs? Like, Pajarita, Canta la Azul? No. No? Okay, damn. <laughs> 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 Brought to you by uh, Not Telemundo, clearly. Wow. Um, hi, welcome. Good morning. Uh, morning. Hold I am. Um, I guess I'll just quickly introduce myself. Yeah, um, who are you? I'm. I'm at times Veronica. Um, periodically, I may go by Ron, but don't ever call me that because I'm sometimes B. Good morning. I hope everyone is doing well this morning, and I hope you can actually hear me this morning. Um, I get a little bit nervous uh, whenever I start the podcast bit, so. Anywho, over to my right in the nice purple suede. Uh, looks like she owns five estates, has five husbands. <laughs> Miss Paris the Testament. <laughs> Sorry, it's always you have the nice decorum um, in the background. You're very posh spice. Um, <laughs> And then over and my apologies, I'm sorry, I did not have my phone muted and I didn't realize that, so I apologize, everyone. No, you're good. And then um, over to my left, we got the nice wild child, um, you know, the something, something of the oceans based from Hawaii. Uh, we got Kylie Too Smart uh, here this morning and come, always coming in peace. Um, so yeah, aside from my shitty introduction, uh, let's dive into it, because today, this week, the last couple of weeks have been pretty spicy. What do you Extra think, spicy. Um, I love it. I think we're gonna switch things up and start with the nerdy and dirty, because, uh, triggered. I felt triggered. The whole Kiki Palmer situation has stirred up some discussion around women's bodies, which why but specifically black women and the need for their partners to feel like they have ownership and can censor what they're wearing the discourse around this event has been wild so for y'all who don't know kiki palmer uh was serenaded by usher and she was looking fly and beautiful in a leotard outfit with a mesh cover this is not something that to me even seems that risque uh, you know, you have people who go to the beach wearing more revealing clothing than that. Uh, you have people who walk down red carpets wearing more revealing clothing than that. So to me, her outfit in and of itself wasn't even that scandalous. But Mr. Darius' little ashy self decided to come out the woodworks talking about, but you're a mom, though. And I really want to be like, can you spell in complete sentences, though? And... <laughs> Are you mad because you weren't at the event? You weren't invited? Is that what it was? You know, I think he just wanted Usher to sing to him um, and felt jealous in that moment and was just like, meh, but like, I'm not getting sung to. So, I don't know. I, mean, I I'd love to get sung by, uh, sung, serenaded by Usher. That's like, that's like a lifetime achievement. It that's, is! That's like maybe up there with the Pulitzer Prize. Like, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I was him, I'd have been like, look at my there goes my baby. I'd be like, see, look, even Usher wants what, what I got. Like, why couldn't you just be proud 
and like cheer your woman on in this moment. Uh, Prowess, what were your thoughts? I know you have them. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think mothers have enough shaming. The, the entire microscope that gets applied from the time that you are noticeably showing or noticeably, you know, visibly pregnant, um, having anything in your hand that may be deemed as unhealthy. I remember I was eating some french fries one time and, and someone came up to me and smacked me that didn't even know me like this old lady. But you know what I mean? Like those types of things. She was like, you shouldn't be eating french fries. And I was like, lady, I'm not eating all day. <laughs> and don't you smack me. Like, you don't know what my situation is. And she was like, but you shouldn't put that kind of stuff in your body, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah. And like, typically that's not something I would have eaten ever, but like at that point in time, I desperately needed something to eat. Um, and you don't know what the situation is. I had been on like a starving thing for, you know, like the, uh, getting your, um, vitals, uh, taken. And so that happens right from the time that you're, um, seeing your your OBGYN with any sort of frequency all the way up until then you've had the child and then you feel like now most people don't have the same snapback ability that Kiki Palmer has and so those good genetics she you know was wearing something like you said that wasn't very risque a sheer dress is is uh, over a bodysuit is like a is a pretty classy outfit for an evening attire at a concert that you know I didn't think that there was anything, but it was the 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 double standard around like him, uh, the boyfriend Darius Jackson, thinking that it wasn't so much the outfit. It seems that it was just jealous boyfriend saga thing. It was the fact that she was not behaving as a mom, and that was the part that kind of got me too. It was like not just the body shaming, but like what is she doing that's not? She's there enjoying the concert what he should have said and what he was really feeling was jealousy over usher and the right, attention right. that he was giving to her but it's like usher what one thing i always felt like out of this whole conversation which i feel bad his wife has never been mentioned he's a married man um he's doing a concert it's actually he, married man <laughs> yeah he's a married oh, man okay but and like let's just say like He's getting his bag though. Like let yeah. him get his bag. She's like, I am just taking a back seat. Unless there well, was I some dialogue. Not... <laughs> yeah. She is she is collecting. She's like, go ahead and make the deposit. Boo, do your residency. Enjoy yourself. She's probably backstage, you know, hanging out with the kids or something. It's just like and that this wasn't a problem for her. He's serenading women every night. Celebrities every night. Every night. And she is watching this and enjoying it because it's like the my man is a superstar and look at look at how much you know how much um, mind share he has with these people. Look at how much fandom there is out there in this market for him. And I'm so happy for someone who was in well into his 40s able to still draw this kind of attention and this kind of you know being serenaded is a pretty exciting thing. So I just was like I felt bad in the moment a little bit for. Usher's wife, because I was like, can you imagine, like, she said nothing in all of this, and he's doing this every night, and to assume that he wants this one person, or whatever, like, he can serenade people, and it's a part of the show, like, it's like acting, when that's, when the lights are off, he probably go take all that shit off and go relax, and like, you know what I'm saying, it's back in his lineup. Now. He's like, he I'm tired of this grandpa, I'm tired of yeah. grinding up on all these women for the coin. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, that's too damn bad! You know what I mean? Like his, he has sons and I'm sure they're watching and like his father, you know, their father's not being disrespectful in any way. He's, 
he's enjoying it and then like having people sing along giving them some attention and then moving on like it's just it was it was very weird the the behavior that happens and i think how you said it most off like the ownership piece and the you know having some sort of uh control over what people do or don't do especially with men to women um yeah. Well, I just thought it was so interesting that he really doubled down when people like gave him an opportunity to respectfully retreat, retract, del- control, alt, delete, whatever this is, apologize yeah. and go about your day. And he really just doubled down talking about as a father and as I was like, sir, you're not the breadwinner in this combo. Uh-huh. And also, no. was your child <laughs> taken care of? Were they clothed, housed, fed? Uh, Is your child safe? Um, I'm pretty sure the parental duties have been fulfilled. Um, So what? 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 That especially. Yeah, and I was just like, that was the thing that is really, to me, seems the most hurtful. Like you have, Kiki Palmer was just on the Terrell Grice show, which I love Terrell Grice, um, the blue screen of, of singing, of singing down. And she made some disparaging comments that she got dragged for about Felicia Rashad um, and her character of Claire Huxtable mostly not being real. But one of the things that she talked about on the show was like, if someone was to come to her with some news about her man and, and any type of, uh, you know, some image that he was shown, and this was related to the um, the uh, what's the boy's name with the with the face? I'm sorry, the grant at the uh, BET Awards with um, JT from the City Girls. What's her boyfriend's name? Hello, he's the bigger star. I don't know, remember his name. If oh, anybody I don't in the pay chat, attention to the City Girls, but go on. I love that you were like the boy with the face. <laughs> I'm so sorry that we missed we missed you on that. Lil Uzi Vert, Grayson, Lil Uzi Vert. <laughs> Yes, Lil Uzi Vert. The boy with um, the, oh, the boy with the face. I got you. The boy yes, with the, the boy with the, the, boy the, face with the diamond in his forehead. Yes. Harry Potter wannabe. Yes. Okay. He that she was asked a question about that, and she said, "You know what? I, I, and I would not let on while I'm in public that anything is wrong. I'd wait till I got behind the scenes, right? Like when I got home, then I'd scold or say whatever, or we'd have a discussion about that." But I'm not going to, you will never know. If you see my man out and you take a picture of him, I'm not even going to act like I acknowledge it, right? It's like, I'm not even going to give you the benefit that that's not him. Girl, I don't know who that is in that picture, but you you thought you snapped my man, but that's not. I'm, and so she was giving the, basically showcasing that I'm capable of keeping this internally at home where it should be, you know what I mean? And so it was the fact that he ran on the internet to to share his his tweet like you can wait till you, she got home like you're supposed to be inventorying breast milk counting diapers like you're not out here what are you doing tell uh, it just tell the like, nanny when things are starting to run out you might need a yeah. little bit more baby wipes for not just the little baby booty cheeks but maybe yeah. for your little baby tears that are yours <laughs> not the baby manage the stock outs darius and then i i, I was sad that his brother got brought into it, and that brother I love from uh, Serenus Jackson from um, from Insecure, um, who uh, you know everybody loved on that show, um, who played Dro Pena. Um, 
And I was just like, man, he got brought into it. And he immediately said, don't, how did I get in it? Meaning he didn't want no parts of it. And like, I'm not backing this fool. He's an idiot. Like, he's not shaming. He just had a new mom um, or his, his wife is a new mom. And he wasn't about to throw his hat in the ring trying to protect, like, was like, drag him because he, he needed it. Clearly, his older brother was like, look, I tried to tell him <laughs> maybe he's a little sexist and he didn't realize the dangerous consequences of trying to police um you know people stress especially his the mother of his children instead of celebrating her i the fact that he said kylie when he talked about like this is my family and when he tried to justify it it got worse and he was like i have standards and morals to what i believe i rest my case and then erased his account like <laughs> that was the part that got me like you double down on it and then Clearly, people started to get on you, and you did couldn't even defend yourself because you were standing on nothing. Homie got right. He got so, roasted. Roasted. The the other He's issue fired. I have with this is like you're you were perfectly fine sexualizing her before. So now that this is your family, you have a child. Uh, are you never gonna sexualize her again? Uh, is she supposed right. to live in a closet? Is she supposed to just not exist as a full individual ever again? Like, were there rules beforehand? Did she know that when she gave birth that, you know, these were the expectations now? I think a lot of couples um, go through this where, you know, things are all fine and well, you're, you feel supported, you feel heard, you feel loved all throughout the duration of your dating. And then you get married. And now the expectation is, Hey, you're a wife, you're a mother. And there was another thing in there that I thought was really fascinating. It was you represent me. You move out into the world as a reflection and a representation of me. That is the most me. misogynistic, colonial-ass bullshit that I heard. Because I'm like, excuse me, Kiki Palmer represents herself and only herself. There is no ring on that. You are just yeah. a baby daddy. Like, you represent me. Like, there yeah. is, like, a, a strange, like, like, you know, respect your partner, right? Like, there is, like, a mutualization of, like, if you have a partner, you, there is, like, some boundaries that you both set for each other to respect each other. But, like, this is a full-fledged celebrity. Like, she has been in front of the cameras since she's child. Babies. Like, since she was a child. So, like, it's, yeah. like, one of those things, like, she has her own image to uphold, which has more capital. I never even heard of this fool until this outburst. And, of course, we all got immediately upset about it. Because it's always some, no, like, not to, you know, I'm just going to be cold about it. Like, this guy was very no-named. Like, we didn't know who this was. Like, we didn't, like, we just knew that Kiki Palmer was pregnant. We didn't know who the dad was. And we didn't care, like, as an audience. Like, we did not absolutely care. So, like, who is this? What is, like, why do we care? Like, when suddenly, how is her reputation tied to yours? What are you gaining from being with her? that you can't gain yourself like there's like lots of questions that come to this and like people say like oh don't bring up some gender war blah 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 which is a whole, a whole other thing and it's like no like your reputation like why are you capitalizing on her fame for your fortune like that's a little weird to me i don't know yeah that's that also like you're he utilized that moment in the sun to 
you know, to shame publicly um, instead of celebrating her in any sort of way, but has, you know, as people in the chat have reflected um, Jopium and Grayson, they were saying like, well, he has posted her in a very, you know, in some in something more risque, doing twerking and much more half, you know, half clothed um, outfits um, that are bearing a lot more skin. And but it was a narrative that he could control, and it was, you know, he was with her. Um, and it's it just goes down to the fact that like women we're all socialized in the same society. It's all this internalized sexism and internalized misogyny and you know having to do the work to you're reducing your biases and a lot of the times when it comes to the other to your partner you don't do that work it's sort of like you're not um aware of those unconsciously internalized sexist ideas and like women do it to men too it's not like a thing that's you know just men do like i have been in plenty of situations where you know there has been a time when i have seen some stuff that i'm just like oh she just, you know, especially, you know, as you're out circulating, we've all seen it. You're talking to someone who may be in a relationship with someone and you're talking too long. It's like, I don't want your man. Like, I don't even know. That <laughs> Those situations are so funny because I'm like, uh, huh? <laughs> Big yeah, question like, mark on the top of my head. <laughs> sit, sit down. Like, I don't want him. And if if I did, you would know. Like, there, there would not, you would not have to come up here and, I wouldn't be doing it publicly in the middle of a setting where everybody can see me either. Like that's, that's a no, but like check, check your, your, yourself. Don't check him. Don't check her. Like check yourself. Cause there's probably something internally happening that you can't like allow your person to talk to somebody else or whatever. There's, there's, there's control that way too. So I don't want to just say it's men doing it. Cause I've seen a lot of women doing it. So here's, um, here's my yeah. big question for this, like, and I'm coming from a place where I am a, I'm very intentionally like monogamous with the person I'm with right now. And there's certain boundaries, right? Like there are certain boundaries that like we hold for each other, but in no way those boundaries are to compromise our style, to compromise our grind, to compromise like what we're doing. Like, like if I, for example, go to a convention and I'm wearing like a tube top with a skirt, like my partner will see me in that and he's like, oh my God, I'm so lucky. Like, you know, like he's immediately just like, God, I, I get to, see, I get to have that every day. Like that's like, there's a sense of celebration, like celebratory, like, um, sense mm -hmm. that comes from him instead of just being like, girl, what are you doing? You are representing this convention like why are you dressed like that and it's like he never has ever done that and so like there's clear insecurities when people come through that but I guess sorry I meant to ask a bigger question like why is it that when we court each other in relationships like why is it that suddenly there's a sense of territorialism about holding that person like there shouldn't be any territorialism at all and if, if anything the territorialism just fuels further distrust and like how people are able to move in public so like what what comes from that why are we emphasizing this and why is it still happening right like why are we being super territorial about how we dictate what our partners wear what our partners do 
when it shouldn't even be like that because we accepted them for how liberated they were in the first place. So I don't know. Um, Kylie, what's your thoughts? Yes, I... I think that this ties into something that we had brought up earlier, um, even having to do with value, right? Um, you, know, We were talking about like, well, who is this guy? What value are they even bringing? I think it's the recognition that women um, are inherently, and I, and I hate like having to say it this way, but like we're inherently more valuable, I think, um, than men. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say that. I believe that women inherently are more valuable than men. And I believe that this is something that men at their core feel. So when they court a woman, there is the sense of conquering. You have to you know, step up to the plate, um, prove that you are able to overcome the obstacles, the boundaries, whatever experiences that have been, um, you know, might, that a woman might have to have kept men at bay, right? So it's like, you feel like you've won the prize, which is the conversation of like, ah, we are objectifying um, women and typically black women specifically being prized for our body parts and not our holes, <laughs> some of our holes. But, uh, you know, the fact that a, a woman's uterus, the fact that she's going to give birth to a child for you uh, is where people a lot of the time see the value or the fact that women um, have been conditioned and typically will take on the more nurturing roles like that inherently has value. If you were to pay somebody to do all of the things for you that your mother has done for you or that your partner has done for you, like you would go broke trying to sustain that lifestyle. And so knowing that it, it is like a catch. And so then there's also the part of, well, this woman who knows that she's valuable um, has seen enough value in me to trust me with having a child with me, uh, especially in the United States where we know that like, mortality rates for black women are higher. Um, now Kiki Palmer being wealthy and being a celebrity, you know, some of these things don't necessarily apply to her in the same way. But in general, uh, especially for black women, it's more dangerous. And systemically, uh, we have the issue where, you know, our government will support women a little more than they will men. Um, and so it's caused a lot of different rifts within our community. So I think there's a lot of issues to overcome there. And I think we also have the added stress of survival, not everyone, but um, in terms of what's equitable, what resources we have available, we are, we are in a state of um, higher stakes and competition when it comes to partnership and what we deem as like long-term success. So because there's all of these factors, I think black people just will view the, the world through a lens of like, it is dangerous out here for us. And the competition is steeper. So some people just take it too far. And they're like, I have to defend my family, my peace, my woman from all these other men who know that she's valuable. And I think it is again, in a state of like insecurity yeah, and I think just being long, this, <laughs> like long answer. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great, and I'll I'll pin pin a little note on that. Like I think just for solution building, just be present in those insecurities, right? Like it's okay to be insecure. 
Um, but you got to make sure you channel that insecurity in, in a way where it's not damaging, right? Um, like, I will be anecdotal about mine. Like, I one time saw an exchange between me and my partner with somebody that I did not enjoy. I was like, I do not like that. And it was in no ways to be like, you're my man, though. Like, you know, <laughs> I wasn't gonna do that to him. Be like, we are a couple, though. We are together, though. How are you gonna be like that, though? Like, I wasn't gonna do all of that. Like, I, I watched it happen and I see how he carried himself, right? And like, I had to ask a bunch of questions in my mind, being like, how, what's his connection to this person? Like, why is she feeling like she is liberated, liberated to be like that around him? And then I have to ask myself my, the other questions, like, am I like that with my guy friends? Like, am I overly like affectionate in that way? How does he feel? So it's just making sure like you take yourself back into your body and just like list all the things in your head before you outwardly react, right? Cause like, I think that's the other thing too, is like, people react versus like having a chance to like really analyze like what they're, what, what they're feeling. And so at, then at some point I went, not fact that noise, I need to talk about it. So like, no, I mean, so I love that you bring that up because it's situational, right? Yeah. Where it was like, okay, this specific situation, this specific person, it wasn't like a general blanket rule. Uh, whereas like, you know, going back to Kiki Palmer, I was like, this is a public situation. I had She's math equations a... going over my head, dude. Like, I look like that Ariana Grande meme being like... Right? What? <laughs> like, this wasn't an interaction that was, like, private. This this was something that's, like, on a public platform. It, it wasn't a personal, individual thing of, like, oh, you saw them having lunch or catching dinner and they was all hugged up like it's different this is a different situational thing like what are you doing you just overall like no like what this is theater this is stage big big public yeah big public like i mean it's vegas at a concert theater in like the whole like you said kylie the whole thing just i can't even it, it took me there was a time i remember i was i was dating this guy i was in the restroom it was a unisex restroom and i was washing my hands so my back was turned to the door and someone came in and started using the restroom but he didn't pay attention because i was on the other side and there was like a little bit of a wall he didn't pay attention and then he was obviously you know Im- imbibed and I, so was i and when he came in, I didn't pay attention. And my when I came out of the door, my my person was standing in front of the door. And he said someone came and told him I was in the bathroom with somebody else, you know. So it was already the fact that for him, this is public. Like, girl, you out here embarrassing up in the bathroom with somebody? And I was like, I didn't even know homie was up in here. I don't even know what's going on. And that guy was so confused. And he was also terrified because, like, I was just in here using him. I, I wasn't even really trying to you know what i mean and so it was just the whole entire thing but i remember no one at that point in time it was a room full of men and no one came to my aid to be like hey bro ch- chill like what's wrong with you like let let this shit go like you gotta but it was very much me trying to tell the person at that point in time like give me like bro first of all if you in the bathroom with someone like I-, I can't jump to those kind of conclusions and it- it's assumption and that's what the this guy darius is like you're just making a lot of assumptions that are not that are not present. It's like you're a mom, though. Is like it, that's an assumption. Like, what are you saying about moms? 
<laughs> the outfit, what are you saying about the outfit that it's not classy? Like you you dismissed the designer and the whole entire, like that's something that a lot of women might choose to wear a bodysuit with a sheer dress or something over it. Like that's actually covering up because trust me, she could have put some pasties on and, you know, put a, put a thong on and come out and been just as, you know what I'm saying? Like that's another choice. So she chose to actually cover her, her parts and, and, you know, wear that out. And like, you're, so you're shaming so many things and jumping to conclusions about things that's like not even happening and not giving people an opportunity to even explain because he did that on the internet. He didn't wait until she got home and be like, hmm, what was that about? Like, why you wear that? Oh, you thought you, you know, he could have said something to her when he got home. It might have been, you know, would have nonetheless been just as misogynist, but it's not a public shaming of this person to invite all these other people into your situation, which is, you know what I'm saying? Like that, in that moment, I felt like all these men who were my peers at that point in time now saw me as like some, you know, I don't know, like they saw me differently. And and that was not a moment that I was, was very proud. You know, I, I was in tears in my head. I mean, in my head, you know, in my moment to be like, damn, you, you got like everybody that's, that's the homies out here seeing me like, oh, look at look at promise gotta get dragged. As your girl, you, what you over there doing? You know, and it's like I'm not doing anything. Like, and even if I was, you don't you don't get a right to tell me. Especially this guy said twice, and I think Kylie, you said that you're the baby daddy. You're not the you're not the husband, but that doesn't give you any more ownership over a person either. And it's like, come on now, it's not Dexter's mom. Right, because, look, I was just thinking that, like, it, it doesn't matter what you wear as a woman. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you wear. It's always going to be something. I remember people being yeah. like, why are they drawing these cartoon moms all caked up? And I was like, well, why Why do you think women just have stick bodies, especially? Like, a mom body is a mom body for a reason. Like, it goes through transformations. We, you get more curves. You get more padding in certain areas. You're going to be thick. You're going to be luscious. Everybody, like, I love a mom bod. Yeah. I'm here for it. Please bring it. You a mom, though? It's like, yes, you're, you're a mom, though. Especially a breastfeeding mom. Like, you hello. Got, it's, you've got a little, you know, you've got a little packages, some little gifts that you get within that point in time. It's like, oh, no, you know, and you're, everything's, it's very snatched in that moment because you are breastfeeding. It's, you know, you, you, you're, it's a good it's a good time for the body in that way and it's just like you know why are you not celebrating like you said not celebrating the moment not being joyous that first of all that she got to have this amazing concert experience and then at the I, at the end of the day I just keep coming back to like it's the disrespect of usher too like he's doing a job he gets a paycheck to do this he's not out there trying to woo Kiki Palmer he's doing what to make her feel special to make all other women in that moment feel special. Cause women were, if, if, when you look at the video, they're on the side. I don't know if they're even her friends or they know her specifically, but they're like so excited too for her, right? It's like, oh my gosh, um, yeah, I'm so excited. And I'm like, if it was Adele serenading her, would it have been different? You know what I'm saying? If she was in the space and <laughs> Sorry, I've seen no. Adele serenading a plus size my Ashley Graham for people who know who Ashley Graham is serenading her and like enjoying her and talking about girl look at you 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 know because it's someone who I'm sure has inspired Adele in many ways to be like let me you know as a 
as someone who was plus size, I have like Ashley Graham, the first uh, plus size model on Swimsuit Illustrated and all those types of things, all these things. And she was serenading her. And I'm just thinking like, how would that feel for her person who is Rich Paul to kind of be like, oh, you got a Dale trying to get in your pants now? What's up? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I wonder, had it been a woman as the the musician in the concert that night, how would he have responded and would it have been received? So I want to bring this up because I am blessed to sit with you ladies and both of you are incredible performers. There is a persona that comes along with performing on stage. And there is an expectation that you interact with your audience in a certain way. Do you think that it's even reasonable to put personal expectations on something that's clearly a show? Huh? Like, yeah, say that again. You're, when you're say in your again. performance space, right? Your performance mentality, you have a separate performance, like identity, like you're putting on a show. And the expectation is that you're going to interact with the audience a certain way. You're going to play to your fan base. Um, like you said, it is a job. So do you think that it's even realistic for people to try and like bring their personal relationships into a space where it's clearly like a performance art space? I feel like everything about celebrities is performance. So yeah, a, a story that pisses me off, even though like it was a little glorified because this person is a very notable trumpet player in the jazz scene. Mm-hmm. Have you guys heard of a man named Miles Davis? Oh, <laughs> just that guy, that one guy. Hey, that one guy. guy. Yes, <laughs> My modal jazz. Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> no, he. There was a there was a documentary with directed by Ken Burns where he married a dancer, and instead of letting her flourish in her career, he stopped her from flourishing in her career the moment that he knew that he had her. And it makes me so mad because like, I know like we're talking about the flip side of it because Miles is a celebrity and she didn't have the status as high Mm -hmm. as he did, but she had the capacity to get there. Um, He just took that away from her knowing that they were in a relationship. And it makes me so upset because like when you're supposed to be in these situations of being in a relationship you're supposed to build each other right not take things away to 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 singe at this opportunity for ownership of each other and it just it's just really disheartening um so in a performance space uh where like she clearly stopped performing to have i think she had a couple of kids with him i can't remember um and like she just stopped dancing and like to me to take away artistry or any form of artistry from somebody (laughs) to me to me is a social crime like you should not do that like if i am told in my performances to not dress a certain way or to not do something because i have a partner i'm not listening like yeah fuck out of here with that shit. like don't even bother like um because I already have a hard time with people policing what I wear as a plus size woman. I also have a hard time with the orchestral space policing what people wear because of their stakeholders. And so like, I, I'm already kind of fighting against the whole like 
what do I wear anyway to make sure that there's a good performance and that it's memorable? And then for somebody who is a significant other to police that, I'm like, no, we got together because you like me as I am. You liked everything that came with this package. Like, you're not going to have to, like, sit there and just, like, scrape off the seasonings off of this, like, nicely, like, (laughs) entree here, right? Like, you're not going to scrape off the seasonings. Like, you are not going to have your food plain. Like, sorry, you're going to take this plate. You're going to sit down and eat your food. Like, like, I do not have time for that. Um, Because, yeah, it's just it's already fitting in this like broader category of just policing women, right? Putting them in a box, making sure like, uh, we don't, um, we don't act out or act crazy or whatever that we're gaslighted as. Right. Because as much as like people say like, well, what about the men? Right. Oh, it's like, okay, like, let's talk about the men. Right. Like in, in a very more like binary sense of gender, right. Like we're talking about feminine women. Now we're talking about masculine men. Like, they're like, well, don't you have any shame? Do you know how many times, like, men will just go out there and do their sneaky stuff and then come back and then gaslight their person that they're in a relationship with and say, like, well, like, you know, you ain't serving me the way that you're not supposed to be serving me. And, like, I just, and it's, like, it's all this, like, intimate issue issue stuff, right? So, like, I've seen in my life bias that there is a justification for their actions no matter what they choose to do. And I need to uphold what my needs are over her needs. And so like for people to say like, well, it's not just the women, it's not just the men doing this. And it's like, no, like I can see the friction between both parties, but the party that is the most in danger and has less protection is women. Like anybody who says that they don't, they're, they're very misinformed. Like, that's just how I take it because like, I've seen violence and luckily, like, I mean, I say luckily, but like in the case of like Kiki Palmer, like she has protections, like she has fan bases. She has, I'm sure she probably has to hire like some sort of like security or insurance for her to go out even. Um, Like same thing with Usher, like he has protection. So like, he can't just get jumped, right? Where in a more (laughs) casual, like less celebrity space. Like people get all (laughs) fucked up and just want to be like, well, now I'm going to incite violence about the person who's making me uncomfortable because that's my woman. And it's like, bro, like that, why is that needed? Have another chat. And if that person does not align with your values, then leave, just leave. Like, I don't see what the problem with just leaving is just go like, and I know there's a whole other thing about that, but like, just go like, if they don't align with their values, then leave. Go have fun. Go find somebody else that you feel yeah. like aligns with your moral standards and your traditionalism. Um, but like the person that you got with, we all know that you didn't get with that person with all the traditionalism scope that you're looking into it, especially while having that kid. Like, how, who does? Sorry, I I went past your question, Kylie. Like, who? <laughs> audience, I just for the chat. What is traditionalism with having a child? Like, explain that to me. I talked about this before. Are we ritualizing our children, making children? Are we, are we sitting like, and now like, while I'm like thrusting in here, we're going to have a baby and we're going to be a family and we're going to be a traditionalist. Hell not. You're telling, like, you guys are doing whatever to like, make yourselves like horny in the moment and like, take it in, right? Like, don't, 
stop playing games with me saying that you guys have a straight up talk being like, we are going to make love and we're going to have children. I know like some people have to do that because of like other reasons, but like in the more generalized sense, who is literally like in the moment, like going like, we're going to have children. Because like, I know my shit turns drier than the Sahara desert when someone is saying like, you're there going to try to turn me into a mother. Like, I'm like, no thanks. Like, I'm on pass. I mean, <laughs> not interesting. this is yeah. dirty. And, and it's not shaming at all. It's just, it's just seriously going yeah. like, who you literally like. You dirty and dirty because I'm going to say that that's, that's not. I will say this, that's not always the case. And there's a lot of people who actually, that is pillow talk for people. Um, yeah. That, I mean, you would believe it. And I don't know, but that that is a turn on for men, even sometimes that you don't want to be, as well as having intercourse or having affairs with, your, with someone else's, the child of, or mother of someone's child. That's very, that's a thing, I'm telling you. There's a lot of men who do that. Um, and I, I don't know what that gratification is that comes from that, but there are people out there that you said, like, be my little conquistador, <laughs> my conquistadores. Um, there are people that are trying to conquer what someone else has conquered, but I, I sometimes don't get that. But that is a, that is a thing. It happens a lot, I'm going to tell you. As a woman who has a child, especially a woman of a son, it is a thing that men prey on women who are adjacent to their circle, um, who have children with someone within that certain, like within their their friend circle, which is mm -hmm. just like mm, I'm gonna get, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that, I'm gonna get that. That's the expectation, and the expectation that the the person who's fathered said child, it's like a. a an unwritten rule sometimes that they believe that they have entitlement to your body for the rest of your life or Hell for the rest of the no. out of it. Like, oh yeah, like that I come by and when when I'm not smashing others, I will smash you. Like it's an expectation that when I'm when I'm in between relationships, when I'm in between situations, we that's what happens. And you know, I there's been moments I I have friends who are men who have children with uh, with women and I yell at them because they are in the middle. They might have a breakup for a day, and you wouldn't smash a baby mom baby mama in a day, bro. You didn't even <laughs> and you know and and I'm yelling at them as a just a peer saying like no, bro, this is not the way because you're gonna mess up your situation if you are monogamous in this situation or supposedly. You know what I mean? But the, anyway, nerdy and dirty. Kylie, go ahead and put some context on it because I don't. <laughs> well, Sorry, no, I, I was I was going to jump in real quick. Yeah, yeah I just, jump in, B. I just get like really upset because like more times than not, like no one's talking about like the implications like when because it's kinked, right? Like <laughs> kinked. It's kinked when like you actually go through the full thing unprotected and it's like, man, that's really hot. And then after the fact, you're like, shit, there's actually real life consequences with that and so like i i just get really upset about when people now become fathers and they're like oh i got a, i got a reputation i'm like reputation for coming and and not controlling your little like sperm gel like give me a break oh sorry i see mark cooper is over here i forgot that he has saturday morning ratings for his uh content intake <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> Good morning, Mark Cooper. <laughs> Anywho, so yeah, going back to the whole thing. Sorry, Kylie, I was trying to loop back to your question and I completely just like took off running and I sprinted to a whole different city. But like, I, I get really upset when like, first of all, do not police what I'm wearing. And second of all, like, do not be intentional about how you do things because like, even though it's hot in the moment, like stop pretending like you become like an astute citizen because now you came with somebody and have a child. Like, please stop. Like, just be real. Like, be fucking for real about that. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, like when you're, you have a child and like you need to like make sure that they do your homework and you have meetings with their teachers and you want to make sure like your kid has some advantages. Yeah, I get that. But like all in all, like be real. <laughs> like just be, be having for real about yourself. Yeah. Back to Kylie. <laughs> lot. Put a context on it, Kylie, because I know. Well, no, I think that that breeding kink, too, it does go back to just, like, this idea of conquering, which ultimately isn't even about the woman. Like, we're still not centered in that discussion because that is interpersonal relationships between men and wanting to take and conquer also from other men. So, like... I don't think that women are ever really truly centered as full beings in these conversations, which yeah. is a huge issue in and of itself. It's just like, and we're still fighting that, you know, women are human beings because we cycle through differently um, does not mean that we should not have autonomy. And we look at how it affects everything uh, in terms of, you know, how jobs are formulated. I, I really had loved an article I read where it was like the tech industry was originally led by women and it didn't become uh, a position that was truly lucrative until men started heading those positions. That's when they started paying those jobs more. Um, and so it's just this devaluation of women in general because I think where we are seeing it now, this this outperformance when women do start to take no shit and wear what they want to wear, talk how they want to talk, walk how they want to walk. The argument of, well, you're going to end up alone um, <laughs> also truly shows that men don't understand the existence and realities for women. Women have longer lifespans. We always have. Women have always had the expectation that they are going to die without their partners. Women have always had the mm. expectation that they are going Thanks. to carry children and put their bodies at more risk than their male counterparts. Women know this from the very first period that we get and we experience those pains and we experience the hormonal fluctuations. Women know that we men are not going to relate to us. We have biological differences. And so the only thing that we can push for is respect. You may not understand, but you will respect. Um, and I think that is where we have a huge breakdown where we no longer truly care for women. Look at our healthcare, look at our birthing practices. Look at, I love how you brought up traditionalism earlier, V, because traditionally women were actually cared for in a different way and it wasn't framed in a in a way of women are weak or women are needy it was women have different needs uh, and women deserve that support because their bodies 
are literally on the line. When you give birth, you are putting yourself into this child. Yes, men, you're still bringing genetic material. So nobody's saying that your sperm is not important. But when it comes to leaching calcium out of your bones, your teeth, your hair, when it comes to having a child kick your ribs, uh, you're not having that experience. Absolutely. So, yeah. So stop pretending like you're impacted somehow in the same way. Yeah, you're not. You're just, you're just not. Take a, take several seats. Give us the flowers. Give us the food. Give us, <laughs> just stop it. Stop yeah. acting like uh, this has anything to do with a God-given right to oversee and to conquer. And it's like, you can really only play with other men because when you start to have real conversations with women um, and they, they bring this type of energy to you where it's a literal, okay, like, you may be fighting wars and choosing to play life and death. The life and death aspect for women is existence and is in our biological, you know, design. Uh, and that's just not something that you can really have a, like a logical retort to. And I think people like to say that women are emotional. Um, I think it's the opposite. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that is a good closure to what Uda said. Like snap snap to Kylie because like that's absolutely true. Like like it does surround about how are women surviving day to day and dealing with the consequences of of what society is laying out for them. Um mm-hmm. versus like what is like being misinterpreted by these dynamics between like you know actually being in a relationship so like yes all to that all right let's move along speaking of women's rights and like women like enduring like heavy physical changes to even have a child um and how it actually is more applicable towards you know women of the global majority let's talk some news about affirmative action um so there's a couple of things that i'm like a little bit upset about that kind of happened in the last couple of weeks uh clearly the supreme court is not jiving with people right now younger people uh people of color people who are historically disadvantaged specifically when i talk about people of color um and so some things that they're discouraging colleges to do and i think it was like a couple of colleges that were like highlighted to start Sorry, it's kind of funny when I start talking about this because I know PD Palmer is still on the right side of my screen, so I will change that soon. Uh, but, um, but yeah, like I, I think just with things that are continually being becoming unfair for people is that, like, college admissions have to be equitable in their practices when they admit students. They have to be equitable. Like, it's not equality when everyone has the same chance. It has to be adjusted based off of the parties who need that advantage because like i said like there's clear disadvantages that happen in the school system um that allow people to not even sustainably earn their higher education um and so there's that and then the other thing that the supreme court deems and is also like really like you know me as a millennial person who went to college, did all the things I was supposed to do and said and been told my whole life to do, right? Because I would have a better outcome in my adulthood. I would have a better sustainable life in my adulthood. 
and my adulthood is clearly not sustainable and I'm seeing people around me like that their adulthood is also not sustainable and it's because we're in debt, right? Um, it's because we're trying to find ways to not be in debt, but even us not being in debt, like has a whole thing with like trying to survive too. Um, and so the thing that made me really upset is like, there's no, like the effort is to relieve student loans is being kicked down the stairs every month, every time someone even brings it up in Congress or in the presidential's office or whatever you may say it like, but it's just really, really unfortunate for a lot of us that we can't get any debt relief for doing the things that we were told that we were supposed to do. And, um, and it's heartbreaking because you looked at COVID and you looked at who got those PPP loans. You look at businesses who get bailed from A, B, and Z. People will go bankrupt to get their debt relief um, and have to start over and starting over for them could take like two to five years, which is actually not a lot of time in comparison. But yet people who went to school to achieve higher education to get the jobs that they were basically promised to get and they can't even pay off their student loans sustainably, all we ask is for relief and we're not getting that. And so the educational system is becoming like really disheartening. Um, and to kind of play into like, into my experience, like I survived off of affirmative action from my schools. Like, I think I made a post about it, about how like one of the community colleges I did state literally like helped pave the way for me to go to a four year institution because they saw my scenario. They knew that I grew up low income with a single mother who couldn't even pay for any of my books. Um, I had to rely on Pell Grants and uh, luckily, um, a couple of the, uh, how would I say it? A couple of the foundations that fund the school looked at my grades and after I applied for their, for their assistance, gave me that money so that I, I can carry myself out of the area and go to a, and go to a four-year institution. Funny enough, that four-year institution did not help me at all but at least I had the right foundation to get a kickstart in and get the support that I needed to get started. And then I ended up graduating with my bachelor's, which coming from the circumstances that I came from, I remember being in community college and I remember certain people actually going to a four year and being bounced back because they didn't have the resources to continue. And then also not to mention that, I hate to say it, but there are professors out there that are out there to just get students. Um, and so if you are not part of a professor's bias, that also impacts your participation in school, um, because professors are just, you know, I say bias, but let's call it what it is, racism. Um, and so, yeah, so just kind of like reflecting on all of that and like doing the right thing and being a rule follower, I can't get relief. And it's just really interesting that I can't get any relief from from doing what I thought was the right thing. So that's how I'm kind of opening this whole thing, which I think is like, I'm just really sad about it. So I don't know, can someone step in so that way I can just talk? Yes, I will step in. Um, as someone who came from similar situations as V, 
Um, you know, I have consistently been in institutions where I was the only black woman. I went to high school where I was the only black girl in my entire school. A lot of people want to talk about integration in the United States and affirmative action as if affirmative action is no longer necessary, as if, you know, we don't have uh, Ruby Bridges alive to this very day as the first black student to go to uh, an all white school as if she's not just in her 60s. Um, this is not an issue that is going to disappear overnight. We have a lot of discussions about meritocracy over legacy um, and people wanting to argue uh, that providing spaces is taking away from people who've earned it as if black people have not been intelligent and have not been earning their spaces as if the black community has not continuously built up uh, businesses for themselves only to be bombed back into nothing. Uh, I feel like we have a lot of the same arguments against the black community that people have against homeless communities. You know, the idea that you don't wanna give a homeless person money because they're going to spend it on drugs or they're gonna spend it on alcohol and you don't think that's a worthy investment of your money. I heard a lot of the same arguments when it came to poor black people in general. Um, don't support this student because it's a waste of your money. Don't give uh, poor black communities money because they're just gonna spend it on living, which is ridiculous because what else are you spending your money on? Um, you're wanting the money back immediately from people who actually need it. But like we said, you're, we're looking at people who are making these laws who themselves have benefited and have had loans in the millions being forgiven. Um, so when it comes to the two Supreme Court justices who are black that we currently have, and we look at the fact that one of those court Supreme Justices is a man, and we look at who funds that particular man, uh, the vacations that he's been taking, uh, the fact that, you know, uh, white constituents bought his mother a house. Um, and we have to really look at who benefits from passing these laws. And um, I know I talk a lot about voting. I talk a lot about civil education and civil leadership, putting yourself into roles. Um, I think a lot of the time people of the global majority have been told that they are unfit to fulfill roles when in actuality, like you can go and fulfill a, a local position and those local positions have more power than you think. And you can start to rally on a local level. You can make sure that people have voting stations. You can make sure that people are educated on what they're voting about and um, really let people know that we do have more control than we think. And so um, I think we really need to start pulling up on people's lawns like we used to. <laughs> we need to, we have the the space and time now, right? If they don't want to forgive these student debt loans, they don't want to give people jobs. We have time. Uh, let's start pulling up again. You know, look locally at who's doing what legislatively, who's writing what bills, how does that affect you? Are they racist? Uh, and the majority of the time, yes. What are you going to say, V? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, 100%. Um, 
Um, and then I actually wanted to see if I can excrete some gems from Paris too. Uh, yep. <laughs> but I agree. Like, I think I've been kind of playing like the game of like what, or not really game, but like that's a figment of speech. But like, I've been seeing like what spaces I can get to, like even on their board to see what is possible, right? To see what is possible and to see like what changes and impact I can create even on a way where it's like there's some biases going on and there needs to be better representation of whatever's going on in this space. So I need to find a way to create impact. And so like there's been a couple of times even through like the Mag West channels that like there's been a whole change from like where even like on a smaller scale when it's not as educational and people view conventions as like a party space or whatever, right? But like whatever. Um, that the guests and stuff that we would bring on, they would be, you know, like mostly white or mostly those who are like model minority. And you're just like, okay, but the people who are actually attending this and who actually want to enjoy this are beyond that. And uh, we need to have more representation here. And so like now, like with me stepping in and leadership positions and being the one to put in the work to do that, there's been changes made because someone is there to advocate for those changes. Um, yeah. And sometimes those changes feel very small. Like I do feel for Ketanji Brown that she's pushed up against the wall, I'm sure, in the Supreme Court. And like every day is a whole battle for her, but even her with her existing and her persevering, she has to be the one to start and the one to start to make changes. So like, even though this circumstances with affirmative action did not work and she actually did release a statement on it, um, even though it didn't work this time with her to still stay, she can still continually to advocate it where changes can be made. And that's just the power of putting people in these leadership positions. It sucks that there is this rhetoric right now about breaking glass ceilings with black women, that a lot of black women are stepping down from their leadership positions because of the pressure that is happening. Um, and I feel for those women. Um, I really do because like how much can you get pushed up against the wall before you're just like, I'm exhausted and I need to sit down because like I just keep getting beat up every single day. And so it's just being black, being a black woman, being someone who's trying to fight for like representation, it's a whole battle in itself. It's not easy. And some days feel great. And then there's other days where you're like, wow, that really sucked. Um, and so anyway, I'm going to pass it over to Paris to see if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, you you both have said so many things in a in a short frame around how baffling this argument is on on all sides, and you know the fact that uh, we are that the Supreme Court by just kind of construction is also um, built to alleviate inequality, um, and the idea that it's an acting, um, you know, being able to say that the 14th Amendment does not authorize race conscious efforts to kind of remedy racial discrimination and that it's, it's not constitutional does not make sense with actually what was understood at the time it was written. Because again, we are going off of a premise that this judicial interpretation is coming from something historically that, is, that wasn't judicial in the beginning, right? That this the 14th Amendment has never been, philosophically has never included, uh, historically excluded communities, but especially freed Black people who were 
you know, it's never protected the rights of Black people in the South, whether they were formerly enslaved or not, because there were people in this country who were not, who were freedmen and not actually, um, you know, byproducts of this, of the transatlantic slave trade. And those things get missed all the time. And I think it's like the fundamental values of the universities that are in question, you know, because that now comes to question because at this point, I think it'd be, they're doing themselves a disservice. They're standing in the way of their own attempts to sort of serve under-resourced communities. And I saw uh, Matilda put in the comments about, I'm glad that the, that someone decided to go after legacy admissions because that is a large part of, you know, meeting people um, in this space who are, who are, children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren of the people, their names are on buildings, right? And we've all experienced that. And you sit next to those people and you talk to those people and you, you live with those folks. And they it's, it's always inequitable that they're able to have a different experience on campus than you're able to have. Um, and, you know, the idea that I, I'm, I'm, as much as I would argue that my parents were um, considered to be, we, they made too much money for me to get any scholarships that were need-based at all. So my father made it very clear in the beginning from the time I was in like sixth grade to be like, you're going to have to merit this to, like, you're going to have to, we don't, you're not going to go unless you earn your, your keep. I'm not going to be able to pay for this out of pocket. And my parents made a decent amount of money to, to do that, to be like, in order to not have ridiculous loans, you're going to have to get scholarship for everything. And I remember getting on campus and I remember there was a program, there was a bridge program on my campus to help kids who were, I went to a state school in Virginia, even though I'm from Maryland, which was also another issue because it's like, I went out of state when I could have went to University of Maryland. I got waitlisted at University of Maryland and new people who were in my class graduating, who were accepted, who had lower who had lower scores than I did, lower GPA than I did. But instead of getting upset, the thing was you get happy because I was thinking to myself, wow, University of Maryland is doing something really unique right now to accept students who may not be accepted otherwise. Maybe they knew that my parents could afford to, I wasn't applying for financial aid. So look, you, you can afford to come here. We'll wait list you. Come in the next part of the semester. It was like spring semester. By that time, I had already accepted right, en enrollment elsewhere um, at, a, at a, a more selective university. And I was thinking to myself, like, how could this happen? But the bridge program that was at this university, University of Maryland didn't have at the time. Um, and anyway, the program was to help kids actually be able to get onto campus and sort of acclimate with this experience that they would have like tutors, they would have study groups, they would, and, and they also got a chance to get to know each other over the summer and have a network of people, you know, study partners and relationships that were already built with some professors and that kind of thing. And so it didn't even the playground for those people. It, it just made it so that they had some sort of foundation while they got on campus. And I'm like, people were complaining. They originally uh, disbanded that program and disbanded a program at University of Maryland at that point in time that was like this Thurgood Marshall Scholars Program. Um, but it was, it, it's sad because those seats then went to Asian students who were who were not necessarily underrepresented in education. And that's also a part of it, right? It's like, you're now saying, it's why I have an issue, even though I do fundraising for BIPOC-led organizations, that language indicates that this does not have to be Black or, or, or Latin. 
um, Latinx. This can also be Indian. This can also be Asian. This can also be Arab. This can so this encompasses a number of 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 ethnicities that are not necessarily underrepresented or under-resourced within, especially in the university setting, if we're talking about that. So it's just, it's really sad to see those seats get taken and for people to complain about that. And I'm thinking like to myself, those those students, I was more, I tried to connect with, right? Because I was like, you know what? There, There's a network here that y'all have already built. Like y'all know each other and y'all uh, have had the entire summer to experience with each other. So I wanted to connect with that group versus saying like, oh, y'all are here on the basis of like, you really couldn't get in, but they kind of let you in. And yet I had to go through hoops to hop to get in here and all this scholarship dollars that I had to get. And now, but I feel like that has made it so much better for kids that are getting two million, you know, I had a friend and his niece got like $2 million in scholarships um, because, you know, just again, the preparation of like, she had been preparing for this next move since she was in ninth grade and collecting and writing um, essays at that point in time to make sure that her application stood out. And I'm just like, what does it say for you to be so kind of caught up in your own experience that you're like, I can't, I can't share this. I'm Asian and if I can't get into the school because they're committing three seats to black students, um, then that's a problem for me. And that's, it's sad. It's like the, the Katanji, unfortunately, I'm having to recuse herself because she is on the board of, of, of trustees at How, um, Harvard. Um, and, you know, it's like, it, it, I agreed with her when it stands in the way and rolls back decades of the progress that we've made in this country where now you're going to start seeing stark divisions in the workforce. Um, and then I think until then, really, unfortunately, it's like until it hits the bottom line for companies and until it starts to hit the workforce, which we're already having an issue, there's not enough white men to fill the number of jobs that are available, especially the new jobs that are being created. There's not enough white men to go around to do it. So this country is going to fall behind and good. Let them come, let them fall at the knees and let this powerhouse that they believe that's really a smoke and mirrors, let it, let it crash. And then they'll start understanding why it's important to build the, the capacity for people of color in the country. It's like, you're questioning, you're build, putting your own legitimacy on the line. So until that happens, I don't feel like there's anything that's gonna change. Let universities, people stop going to Harvard. Let people say, you know what, I'm gonna spend my money elsewhere. Let let your legacy students take care of your endowment. They can they got it. You don't need you don't need my five dollars anymore. I'm gonna go take it elsewhere. And I like the Jopium said that he's, you know, in enjoying his experience as a grad student at an HBCU. Maybe we will continue as a population to reinvest and build the systems of our historically black colleges and universities and the Hispanic serving institutions and say, you know what, let's go to those places and those communities that welcome us with open arms and have contributed to our progress, not those that are trying to exclude us. I really love that you said that because it also brings about the conscientious shift where even through the language, we're we're like a decade away from no longer being able to refer to people of color as minorities in this nation. Yeah. And probably even close closer to five to ten years, you know. Uh, I mean, saying minority was just kind of weird, right? Because it's very weird. Yeah, because it's because it's always been the global majority. But also, yeah, like Sorry, go ahead, the Tyler. meaning, 
like just the meaning of minority, like the fact that we've taken the word minority to mean like people of color or people who are not white, which is like, okay, so it's, you're just assuming that white people will always outnumber everyone else, which why would you ever think that? Because even in a global population, white people don't outnumber anybody. Like, so it's just weird mental things that the United States needs to work through as a young nation. Like we're still young. We have a lot of lessons that we're working through and it's happening very quickly. Um, I just don't think that this is sustainable. We'll, we will have to see some large shifts soon. No amount of trying to push uh, brown people out of this country and, and trying to enforce borders in Mexico, no amount of you know cracking down on illegal immigration is going to save the percentage population of white people here. It's just mm -hmm. not going to happen unless you like massively start importing. Where are you going to import them from? Where? You're just going to go to go like seriously, because that is the when you look at how they do laws for who is welcome in this nation, when they talk about Border Patrol, then you see that they are very strict uh, on the Mexican border, not so much on the Canadian border. Um, you see that people will have easier times getting visas here and uh, becoming citizens when they're coming from European nations, people who are fleeing from their homeland. Uh, if you are fair skinned, you have a fairer shot out here of being able to establish yourselves and run a business. So like, yeah. that's just something that has to be in the forefront of our mind of just looking at the bigger picture. Like, okay. Oh, absolutely. Like I can even remember back when there's refugees fleeing the Ukraine, right? Like there was a huge outburst about how like the African students that got stuck there, they were like, we need to get on these trains too. We need to leave. And they're pushing them out of the trains. So it's a whole, it's a whole thing like where it's like clearly, like if you're a white, if you are white presenting in the Ukraine, you have all the privileges to survive. But the moment that you are showing some sort of uh, melanin, that you are unfit and not qualified to live even. And so, and these are students who came from Africa, probably very wealthy regions of Africa to go to the Ukraine to study and they just need to go home. Like, so, yeah, like, just a sticky note on top of what you were just saying, absolutely. Like, it's just interesting that there's, like, like, there's a sense of choosing, right? Like, mm -hmm. like, choosing who gets to come in, choosing who gets to be, who has the superiority of, like, privilege, even. And so, exactly. anywho, um, we do need to come to a close, ladies. And those in the chat, thank you so much for uh, hanging with us. Um, Matilda Wazim, I see you. Um, thank you for dropping some gems and participating with us on some of these um, pointers. Like, like you are my hero. Like, yes, chef's kiss. Yes, seriously, you're just a wonderful person overall, and you are definitely very informed about what the fuck is going on. Um, so, anywho, um, yeah, let's let's go ahead and come to a close. We don't have a big Monday this week. I think the only very exciting thing that is happening, um, that is happening this upcoming week, even like a, in less than five days, is Mag West. Uh, we're all gonna be there in person. We will be doing a panel. Um, we will be doing uh, pulling up respectfully, uh, which has been pretty popular. I will be doing a bunch of set of panels and organizing a lot of the programming side of things at the event. Travis will be there to do a performance um, and uh, we'll be hanging out.
Kylo will be there in her catch her hands best. Uh, and we'll be doing the massage thing, but also we'll be doing a panel and uh, just like, you know, being her true self. So it's going to be lots of good stuff. Um, I know that um, Matilda Wazim will be there too, just to continually shout her out. Um, yes, yeah, to be representing with Baokio. Um, I know, and I'm so sorry, Lord Zay, but you will be there in spirit about Mag Hell. <laughs> it should be really good this year. I got some pretty good co-hosts, but you will be forever missed for sure. We'll bring a, we'll bring a cutout. It's just, we'll just a, Lord Zay's face on a poster. <laughs> yes, we'll have a cutout. And anybody who has come to MagWest in the past, like you will be missed. I did see that Grayson and Mark Cooper, who are MagWest alumni, were in the chat. Um, and so you will be missed. I know you guys have been there before. Um, and you guys were there when it was in like the very fresh years. So thank you for hanging with us thus far on that. Um, and not to forget Jopium. I know we see you in the chat pool. Yeah. You're missed. We miss you, bro. Yeah. Um, anywho. Thank you so much for joining us today on a wonderful episode of Lady Bird Sings the Blues, and we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>